0: Hello there and welcome to the Senate podcast. We're on episode number six today. We're going to be talking all about the game awards. And joining me is Andy, the Wildcard Smith.
1: Hey, that's me. Glad to be back again. How you doing?
0: I'm ex- extremely, extremely excited for the game awards, but also the fact that we're turning the game awards into a game. But before then, Like I said, the Senate podcast, we're going to be releasing episodes weekly, hopefully on Tuesdays. But sometimes when there's special events like this, we might have an extra podcast coming out or the YouTube channel has the Senate podcast plus the live sessions. We're actually on other platforms, though, all the podcast ones like Apple podcast, Spotify, Google Play, and a few others. But those are the main three. We're the biggest on Apple Podcasts, but Spotify has been catching up. I check all the time. So now Spotify and, and Apple Podcasts are almost equal. They're like oh. fighting each other. One <laughs> one episode, of Spotify will be high, higher, and the next, Apple will be higher. So,
1: okay. It's going to be the podcast awards soon.
0: The, it's going to be the podcast wars. That's what we're going to do. Yeah, call that
1: it. too. Yeah. Like, which one's going to be the better podcast provider or something like that? Which is
0: the best uh, host? And if you don't follow the Senate Podcast on Twitter, go to Twitter at the Senate podcast and follow also my uh, personal Twitter because I post updates on there and tweet updates on there. And one thing I recently tweeted was, you know, we're getting a lot of listeners on here and hopefully we can keep getting more so that I can get sponsored by Anchor and all that. Because that's that's something interesting that, you know, is going to be able to bring in some kind of you know, albeit small revenue that I could actually put back into the show. And I guess while we're on housekeeping, I have an idea for a second show. Mm. The problem is with the RSS feeds specifically, um, things like Apple Pod- Apple Podcasts require, I think, a subscription for you to have multiple shows or something like that. I, all I know is it's, um, you know, it takes more resources, obviously, to make a second show. Being sponsored would be cool because that's obviously revenue that you could invest back in the show to just make it better. And we're kind of rushing through this because this is going to be a packed episode talking about (laughs) games. So before we talk about the games, though, this is where the fun begins. Here we go. The rules of the game and the game being the game awards the game.
1: Right. The game.
0: The game. (laughs) Maximum of two picks per category for us, Mm -hmm. two points per pick that end up winning the category. Okay. So what that means is your one pick is your personal pick, and your other pick would be the pick that you think will win the category. Mm -hmm. If you double down and your personal pick is the one you think the overall votes and the judges will ultimately pick, you gain double points. Okay. There are wild cards. Uh Uh-oh. Three wild cards consisting of announcements or presentations. Presentations or announcements not yet revealed or unanimously agreed upon to be valid wild card picks. Yeah. We have a high-value wager of five points, a mid-value wager of three points, and a low-value wager of one point. And then points will be tallied after the show and revealed during the next episode. Okay. So just to explain... Right, uh, before we get into the categories here, the picks themselves, let's say a category has six nominees, you can pick up to two. Or if you decide to double down, you'll get the du- double the points. Mm-hmm. So let's say you choose to pick two different nominees. Obviously, you can only win one or none. So you either get two points or zero points. But if you double down, you decrease your chances of picking the right nominee, Mm -hmm. but if you do end up picking the right one, you get double the points.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: And then at the end, we'll just go through our three wildcard picks and the values of them. All right. All right. Let's start it off with drum roll. Let me see if I can actually pull up a drum roll. Here we go. Yeah, that'd be better. Most anticipated game. And I'm going to throw it over to you because I'm going to read the description and then I'm gonna have you go ahead and give me your reasoning mm-hmm. to what you believe the most anticipated game is. So recognizing and announced game that has dem- demins-
1: demon— that is a that is a
0: weird word. Wow, not necessarily. This yeah. is my first time saying that out loud. <laughs> I'm gonna restart and not edit this out. Recognizing an announced game that has demon—I can't even pronounce it—demonstrably. It? I'll read it. You read it.
1: Okay, recognizing an announced game that has demonstrably illustrated potential to push the gaming medium forward.
0: You didn't even sound right with you saying it, but okay, that's a that is literally a made up word, Jeff. I, I,
1: honestly, yeah, that's the first time I've kind of heard it too. But yet demonstrably, like demonstrating
0: demonstrably
1: demonstrably,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's how I wanted to say it. All yeah. right, demonstrably illustrated potential.
1: That uh, I think that also works too. We're illiterate. Yeah.
0: Alright, what What do you um, think is the most anticipated game, Ooh. and how did you come to that conclusion?
1: Alright, well, personally I kind of am leaning towards Tears of the Kingdom, that uh, sequel for Breath of the Wild. I mean, the original was just such a high-praised game, and although the ending was good, it kind of left wanting for more. So when they announced that they were making the sequel. It's just been, you know, everyone's eyes have been waiting for, you know, to the social media for any type of updates. Anything that would be like, oh, anything new coming out. Like people will talk about it every year for like, you know, major stuff, you know, E3, this. Um, it's just really big stuff. Th- that'd be my personal pick. However. I kind of think Hogwarts Legacy is probably going to be the one that actually ends up being picked, only because I'm seeing a lot more buzz overall on social media for Hogwarts Legacy, especially for like games for pre-order and just different things showing up um, on search engines and stuff like that.
0: Very interesting. I'm writing it down now. Keeping okay. track um, so that I can tally it up and we can see how bad you lose. So oh,
1: Okay, right. We're going to go with that.
0: <laughs> I had a similar thought process, but we, landed, we ended up in different places. Oh. My personal pick was Hogwarts Legacy. Okay. I am not a fan of Harry Potter, but that's not because I don't like Harry Potter. It's just I've never really have gotten into the IP in yeah. any way whatsoever. Um, games, movies, books, whatever, what have yeah. you. However, Hogwarts Legacy, all of the trailers I've seen, it has you know, it has it's made it basically my most anticipated game. Like out of all of the nominees right here, mm-hmm. I want to play Hogwarts Legacy the most. So that's just yeah. my personal one. However, the one I think is going to be the most anticipated is Starfield.
1: Oh, all
0: right. And that's because, like you said, for Hogwarts Legacy, all the buzz you see for it, yeah, that is the feeling I get when I see Starfield on yeah. social media.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Normally, I would say, of course, The Legend of Zelda, the, the sequel to The Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, yeah. would be the most anticipated. But there hasn't really been anything going around social media because they haven't really announced anything yeah so it's very possible that obviously legend of zelda that's huge it could definitely right. be most anticipated yeah. but i really think all of the bethesda game studios fans are going to come out for starfield
1: yeah and just by looking at the post that they have for it on the website kind of gives me like an anthem type of vibe and that was another like highly Ooh, anticipated. that was a game. highly
0: yeah very highly anticipated
1: I mean, I'm sure it's completely different, but I'm just looking at it, and the first thing comes to mind is like that kind of reminds me of something like from Anthem, and that was way back.
0: Oh yeah, that's blasphemous, but you know, (laughs) I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, moving on to best adaptation, recognizing outstanding creative work that faithfully and authentically adapts a video game to another entertainment medium. Ah. I will throw it over to you for this one too. I I think uh, since I'm the host, I can just do what I want. So
1: yeah, exactly. I'm just the pawn. You tell me what to do, and I dance like a monkey. Yes, I, I
0: <laughs> dance monkey dance. Okay, ooh, all right. I've got to cut that out.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm uh, getting back on track. Um. So best adaptation. I <clears throat> the only one I'm really not too familiar with is Cyberpunk. So I'm going to admit that, but. I think the Cuphead show kind of is my personal pick. Um, I've seen clips on YouTube, and I've just seen like the overall direction of it. It really touches a lot on the universe, obviously like nineteen twenties esque cartoon style. And even though the game is like a shoot 'em up, it really kind of feels like the characters are intertwined. So I would go with that as my personal pick. As far as what I actually expect to be picked it's probably going to be it's a tough one but I think it's most likely going to be Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It has you know all the core elements I mean obviously Knuckles was in Sonic the Hedgehog 3 but for the sake of how he's introduced character type and all that stuff I think you know even Tails also just how it's you know how they're portrayed, and even Eggman's mustache is more prominent in this one than the first movie. I see what so you're I
0: saying, see- yeah. So that's that's what you're saying for the like the faithful and authentic, you know, adaptation.
1: Yeah, and and just um, we all know the Sonic nightmare from you know when they first showed you know Sonic the Hedgehog live action, but he's come a long way, and I feel like that would be the one people would resonate the most with and be like, yeah, this definitely did. The game Justice, and I think even the voice act actor slash actress for Tales is actually um, from Adventure Two. Yes. Don't quote me on that. Oh well, movie. I don't know if
0: it's if you know she's from Adventure Two. I know she's from the games, though. Yeah, uh, one of the definitely games.
1: from the games in particular. Like I should know in. that.
0: But. Yeah. So that's funny because even with the best adaptation, we have similar mindset. We just landed in different right as you know on different nominees. So my personal pick is Sonic the Hedgehog two, right? Probably just because it's Sonic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's a whole episode in itself.
1: Yeah, bit biased, but okay.
0: A bit biased, <laughs> a little bit. Um, I, although I, I like you were saying, I think it is a very, very, very faithful adaptation. Even though they had the humans in it, like Sonic's mm-hmm. parents or, or whatever. Right. The fact they introduced tails knuckles and then this Eggman, like you were saying with his appearance and they added the master the master emerald yeah and supersonic very faithful adaptation that's my personal pick however i have another pick for what i think will win okay and i think it will be arcane league of legends
1: yeah now i kind of find that funny um so As a little note for everyone listening in, we omitted everything eSports related. And obviously League of Legends is a very big eSports thing. So I kind of want to hear why um, you're leaning towards Arcane in particular.
0: Because mostly, and and it's actually really close between Arcane and the Cuphead show. I think you actually might get it with the Cuphead show.
1: Maybe. But I'm not going to.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to. I thought about that after the fact. Mm -hmm. after i made my Mm -hmm. decision and the reason i made my decision for arcane is because it is a great adaptation to another entertainment medium so basically what i'm saying is even though league of legends is a very prestigious esports game yeah when it goes to a different medium as in TV. yeah, you want it's a Netflix series. So as in mm-hmm. animated series, I guess you could say, the medium sure. of animated series
1: mm-hmm.
0: it is well, I think it's one of the highest rated out of all of these right here. I know sure. it's I know it was definitely you know making the rounds on social media as one of the best adaptations for any you know video game property ever. So out of pure uh, – uh, the amount of love I just see for it and out of pure hype for for it that I see, I'm going with that as the popular vote.
1: Yeah, and just before we switch to the next one, I will say this series is more of like a prequel type of thing. So everything that takes place is in one of the main cities in the universe, and obviously you could see the characters there. They're kind of like a backstory into developing – who they end up being in the game.
0: So, I, yeah, I definitely think that in the Cuphead are probably the two. I don't know. Sonic has a chance. But anyways, always, always fun to speculate on adaptations. Yeah. Because that's kind of what the podcast is about. It's about all forms of, of pop culture.
1: Yeah.
0: Which is, you know, Netflix series to movies to comics to games to whatever.
1: It's how we so. interpret it.
0: Yes. Next category best debut indie.
1: Ooh, I love this category yes, we, so much. We love
0: the debut indies. Well, we love the indies and all of everything that consists of that. So, for the best debut game created by a new independent studio, what's your pick?
1: All right. Uh, so, I admittedly know most of these. Except for Norco. I kind of had to look that one up, but I'm just going to omit that from my decision making. I personally love Vampire Survivors. It.
0: Oh, okay. You're playing yeah. it. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I've played it um, a good bit. Um, I love the concept. Obviously, this is the game that's been bringing up the trend of, what do you want to call it? Like, roguelite arena. Shooters, I guess, is the best way to put it. It looks so much fun. It is. And it's honestly a steal, like for $5, I think, and for all the content you get out of it, just a lot of replayability. I think this is going to be best debut because, like I said, this kind of debuts the archetype for, you know, the games that they have, you know, like on Google Play App Store. I think it's called like Survivor.io or something like that. But it's just making waves of like, an influence, but um I will say I think my pick though is c- 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 probably gonna be neon white. Now okay. neon white is a game made by people who have speed running as the core mechanic and to go over the basis of the game you get cards that can either be ammo or movement types and you have to kill enemies, but you also have to get through like you kill the enemies and then you reach the goal and you have to do as fast as you can. You have like ghost racing, which is a really cool mechanic. I think I pick Neon White as my, you know, actual why I expect to win just because, you know, speed running is a very big thing in the community. And I feel like that has a lot more traction than say roguelites, you know, showing up.
0: That is a f- very reasonable um, decision. I mean, de- reasonable you know, take on that. I wish I would have played Vampire Survivors. Maybe that would have changed my mind and sure. my pick.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: I'm going to double down. Our first oh. double down.
1: Okay. Let's hear it.
0: <laughs> so I'm doubling down on Stray.
1: Okay. That's a very good pick. You know, a lot of people have talked about that. I, I never personally played it, but I just heard very good things about the story and just the experiences that people had playing it. Like, you're just a cat, but, like, you become immersed and you feel like everything the cat goes through, you go through.
0: Yes. So there's – exactly. And that's one of the reasons that I picked it was because debut indie, what is the best debut game created by a new indie studio – yeah. Blue Twelve really, really knocked it out of the park with this one Absolutely. because of the storytelling through environmental storytelling through mm-hmm. the emotions of cats and robots and and whatnot, whatever in yeah, the game. Yeah, cyberpunk. Yeah, that cyberpunk uh, feel of it. Yeah. Also, just the performance and fidelity of this game. It, it it's like a triple A game. It yeah. blew it blew my mind mostly because it's 3D i think sure. that something like tunic is also very refined mm-hmm. very you know you yeah. know beautiful and its fidelity performs very well I think Tunic will get looked over, unfortunately. I think yeah. that's a great vote, but I had to just double down on Stray.
1: Yeah, and just to touch up on Tunic real quick, I like the concept of it. A uh, spiritual successor to you know, Legend of Zelda as an yeah. obvious you know,
0: Link's Awakening or something like that.
1: Something like that, like early you know, Link games, but yeah, there's just a lot of other games I've just saw in here that I feel like would hit that market better in terms of like, okay, this is what did the most impactful um, presentations and stuff like that. Tunic's amazing, don't get me wrong, but the other games just kind of stick a little better.
0: I completely agree with you. Now that's just debut indie. We got best indie coming up later on, mm-hmm. but our next category is content creator of the year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, let's let's stomach through this one.
0: <laughs> yes. So for a streamer or content creator who has made an important and positive impact on the community in twenty two. Mm-hmm. Would you like me to go ahead and get it out of the way?
1: Uh, doesn't matter, however you want to look at it.
0: I put Carl Jacobs.
1: Okay. I I can see that. Definitely. Now it-
0: yes. Yeah, the reason I put Carl Jacobs is because he's the only one that I've watched out of all of these people
1: yes, now I actually um, I actually had to look up these people I've never heard of any of these people ever before and when you think content creator, the first thing you should be thinking is like someone who is prominent and I'm sure I'm probably in a niche corner of Twitter or whatever but uh, needless to say I think Personal picks probably Carl Jacobs also, just because okay. I found out he did, you know, Smash Bros. content, and I can resonate with that. I feel like of the people here, I like him the most, but in terms of who's actually going to be picked, it's probably going to be Nebelian.
0: We have the same one. Okay.
1: Yeah, it yep. just happens, but, like, unfortunately, I feel like the awards is going to go to regurgitating Content, yes, yes, and just letting people read it, and that's basically what I'm getting out of him. And I'm just going to rant about this really quickly, not too long. But right, go ahead. these other candidates aren't exactly who I would pick. I mean, Ludwig, he, he just um, honestly, I forgot. Oh yeah, no, it's no no is like a Portuguese Fortnite player. QT Cinderella is just like a co-host for people streaming. And I think Lubrik's in a relationship with QT Cinderella, so they're just, like, I guess they just watch people is what I'm getting at.
0: You Don't ask me. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. This is one of the categories I feel like they really botched it. I mean, they could have done better people. I mean. They could have, definitely. I would have been less upset if they picked someone, like, XQC, or Ninja. I would have at least been like, okay, I recognize them. That's a content creator. But this is bottom of the barrel, in my personal opinion.
0: <laughs> Ruthless, but I agree. Um, and The definition, who has made an important and positive impact on the community in 2022. Mm-hmm. And like you said, for Nebelian, I think he is going to be the popular vote because... Of the impact he's left yeah. on the community, not necessarily because of the content he's creating. Because let's be honest, my my tweets are just as content filled as his.
1: Sure, and basically the impact being yes, he paraphrases so that you could just read it easier. Like, oh, here's a what? A if that's the case, article. warriors,
0: Warrior sixty four should have been nominated and won because <laughs> Warrior sixty four is like the N- rebellion, but way better.
1: Yeah, and Clip I, it. I think we should just skip this. Clip it. <laughs> so we'll move to the next category. Clip it. All right.
0: <laughs> next category. Best multiplayer oh, for outstanding something. online multiplayer gameplay and design, including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences, irrespective of game genre or platform.
1: Something I can respect a lot better.
0: Okay, so that means you can go ahead and uh, start it off.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so best multiplayer. I mean, each of these games have a community of their own for the most part. So I guess when you put the category best multiplayer, you have to look at what um has like the most traction to it. Um, I will go with Actually, this might be a double down for me. I think I'm going to okay. double down on Modern Warfare 2. Okay. Um, I've been playing that on and off, you know, like maybe like two hours before I go to bed. But um, it's something simple. You just, you know, shoot people. I think that kind of fits like the the mold of multiplayer because you have literally playing against other people, randoms that either going to make it or break it. Um, you can group up with people they recently added Warzone And Deadman Zone So there's definitely like big map content too um, The other candidates Do have their own Quirks For their own communities Like um, I will say Overwatch 2 is kind of an exception Because it's also you know, Team based But uh, Modern Warfare 2 I just feel like kind of hits the whole Multiplayer online and even if Koma Mission too much multiplayer for Warzone, I think this hits all the marks.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I'm also just going to double down on MW2. I, it's my personal pick, and I wasn't sure if I was going to double down on it. But mm. reading the description, outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design. Mm-hmm. You can argue that Overwatch 2, the design is the same as Overwatch 1. It really is. It's polished. I
1: will say that it's pretty much the same, but I I mean, to give them some credit, they do polish and balance some things. Well, that's like
0: Splatoon 3. It's it's very similar to Splatoon 2, except it's kind of balanced and polished. But what is it doing different with design? And you can say the same thing for Modern Warfare 2, but then when you go down to including co-op and massively multiplayer experiences,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, you don't get that with multiverses or with TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Unfortunately. Specifically for best multiplayer. Yeah. I I agree with you. Let me okay. let me mark that down. We both doubled down on that. Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's a, one of the first double downs on both of our parts. Yeah, that's, that's a double. That's a,
0: a double double down.
1: That'd be like a quadruple down.
0: Quadruple down on it. Okay. All right. Let's see if we quadruple down on this category. Best sports slash racing. Okay. For the best traditional and non traditional sports and racing game.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, what's your pick? Good. I am not versed in sports games. I mean, they do have, like, I guess how to put this, they do have their unique. Games and like obviously Gran Turismo, NBA, FIFA, F one, and Ali Ali World. They're all sports, and I think I think I'm gonna just start with the what I expect to win. Okay, and that's probably going to be FIFA twenty three. I mean, okay, sports is one of those things that has an international level, and even though it's not that popular in you know. I guess, North America in particular. In the rest of the world, it's a very big thing. Like soccer, you know, instead of, you know, they differentiate our football with football americano, which is like, that's their thing. But Is that, okay, so
0: did you say that's your personal or?
1: That's that's why I expect to win. I just said that's one. Personal is probably ollie ollie world. Okay. I like the style of it. And it's something, the skateboarding theme just kind of, Looks nicer. I mean, the other ones require a big investment in like knowing the teams, knowing the players, knowing the actual combat, like not the combat, I'm sorry, but the the actual tactics in playing them. Ali Ali World just seems like a simple pick up and skate kind of game, especially with the art style that suggests so a personal pick. Ali Ali World and what I expect to win FIFA.
0: Solid choices. I I agree with you on Oli Oli World. That is actually the one I think is going to win. That's not even, that's not my personal one. Ooh! But I'm throwing a kind of a wild card out there because I was hearing some negative things about FIFA 23. Also, I heard nothing about F1 22, and then mm-hmm. 2K 23. I've heard next to nothing about. So, sure, my wild card pick is actually going to be not necessarily my wild card pick, but my shot in the dark
1: yeah, pick is going to be
0: Oli Oli World.
1: Yeah, that's probably a better wording. We'll save wall pick for later.
0: Yes, oh, that's going to be interesting. But my yeah. personal is Gran Turismo Seven.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Really, because I've been really, really wanting to get GT Seven, but I've been waiting for the holiday season to get it. Yeah, because that's the kind of game. Not necessarily. I like I like arcade racers. More than anything. Mm-hmm. But GT seven looks looks like a sim racer that I can get into. And I've played other Grand Turismos and I love them, but I'm just gonna go with GT seven as my personal and Ollie Ollie World as the popular vote.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to seeing how this one plays out.
0: Yeah, it's it's always interesting when it comes to racing, because if you remember last year there was a the big controversy over Forza not being uh nominated for Game of the Year. Mm-hmm. And it was a big, you know, like I said, controversy over racing games not getting respect. So we'll see what happens this year. Yeah. All right, moving on to next category. Best sim slash strategy game. Ah. Best game focused on real-time or turn-based simulation or strategy gameplay, irrespective of platform.
1: Okay. All right. I'll I'll take the initiative. I'll just speak to it. (laughs) (laughs) But, um personal pick is probably going to be Total War Warhammer 3. Now, I've I've never played 3 in particular, but I've played 1 and 2, and one of the things they have in, like, air quote early access right now is their big mega map, and I think it's called Immortal Empires, but basically that's, like, the loyalty program, if you want to call it that. If you own any of the content from the previous Total War Warhammer games, it will... Contribute into that corresponding game. So right now, if I were to pick this game up, anything that I had from Total War, Warhammer One and Two would be bundled in there as available. I guess factions and commander units. So that's personal pick. Um, when I think as far as like actual vote, this was a toss-up, but I think it's probably got to be. Mario and Rabbit Sparks a Hope. The only reason why I say that is because, in terms of strategy, I feel as if that's going to have the most people invested in it. I mean obviously it's for kids, but you got to consider Have you
0: played the first one?
1: Uh, bits and pieces of it i mean that I that is that is,
0: I, is a very violent it. game yeah. made made for the the most hardcore of adults
1: probably. I mean, the presentation doesn't look like it, but I'm sure you would probably get like, "Oh, wait, this is more gritty than I expected it to be."
0: No, it's awesome. It's a great, <laughs> honestly, great series Rabbids mixed with Mario for that um tactics type gameplay. That's actually my personal pick. Oh, okay. Being yeah. Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope.
1: Yeah, cuz it kind of gives me like that fire emblem type of positioning that I think is a really cool,
0: you know, approach to like combat. Honestly, it's a great strategy game, Yeah, and lately I've been getting into strategy games except all of these nominees, (laughs) I'm not really familiar with any of them, Mm -hmm. except for Warhammer. That obviously rings a bell. Mm -hmm. Very prestigious series, so that's going to be my popular vote. I I think Warhammer 3 is going to take it.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to that. I will say honorable mention would have to be two-point campus because – Oh, this, is the, this is the sequel to two point, two point Hospital.
0: Hospital, yeah. That's on Game yeah. Pass.
1: Yeah, so this definitely gives it's, you more. I wonder if
0: Two Point Campus is on Game Pass.
1: It could be, but it's hard to say. It's probably going to you know, bundle into that at some point.
0: At some point, yeah. Because that, that Two Point series or whatever you want to call it, the Two it's Point. It's very I,
1: successful. Like, I yes, mean, the people exactly. in that kind of, it's like more of a management type of game, so I can't really – I mean, it's – Strategy because you're still thinking, but I think of strategy as more of like, I guess, tactical combat, but that's just my biased uh, viewpoint on it.
0: Yeah, I I was really interested in jumping into it. I think I actually downloaded it on my Xbox, but unfortunately, I hope it loses so we get points.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. Yep. (laughs) Points for us. (laughs) I'll take it.
0: All right. Next category best family game. For the best game. Appropriate for family play, irrespective Mm of genre or platform.
1: Yep. Uh, I I think we'll just beat around the bush and just. I'll go ahead and pick. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Best family. This is interesting because I see family play as, you know, literally something anyone can kind of pick up and get into. Now, all of these are family friendly, no doubt. Well, I'd say Star Wars is kind of iffy, but. Personal pick is pr- actually it's probably going to be personal pick. Splatoon three.
0: Okay, that's that's that threw me off. Yeah, Was not expecting that.
1: Yeah, and then I think uh, Nintendo Switch Sports is going to be the one. Actually, <laughs> that wins.
0: actually threw me off too. We uh, this is the first one we have not picked the same, oh. or at least you know at all. We have we've yeah. each picked a different one yeah yeah
1: yeah um splatoon three, my reasoning on that, um it's just because the concept is innocent enough, you know, just shooting paint, but you do have people who can avidly you know pick it up and be competitive with it. I don't know what the tournament uh communitys like on this, but just it's a shooter game just with paint. So it definitely could be picked up by pretty much anyone. And it's simple enough. You're just um covering the ground and trying to mark as much of your color as possible. So it's not like it's inaccessible for anyone. It's, um def- I think, a nice approach to like how anyone could pick it up, people competitive and casual. But I feel like Nintendo Switch Sports fits the mold of, you know, your your grandma, your mom, your dad, your little sibling could pick up and play Nintendo Switch sports. That's how I see that one being like the winner.
0: You're right. Very reasonable. I'm I'm mad because <clears throat> after hearing that I want to switch to <clears throat> Switch Sports.
1: <clears throat>
0: However, my personal one is Lego Star Wars Skywalker saga. Interesting. I definitely do not think that's gonna win.
1: No, and I like it. It's the, I played through it. It's a lot of fun, but in the family play kind of yes, yeah, has to – I feel like it fits a certain mold, but go on. Yes,
0: but I'm just – I'm very biased when it comes to that, obviously. Right. The Senate. Not um, yet. <laughs> so that's self-explanatory. Now, the popular vote, you won me over with Switch Sports, but I'm not going <laughs> to cheat – Yeah. The one I think is Kirby and the Forgotten Land.
1: Okay. I mean that's still a fun one. I could see like, you know, a parent picking it up with the child, maybe doing the experience with that. That's definitely a reasonable pick.
0: Mostly because of the IP. Kirby Mm -hmm. is obviously great for, you know, a family. Also the the multiplayer in it. You can actually play local co op as Waddle D for the, you know, second player. So I think that also fits the family play for the co-op but you're right i think it's going to be switch sports but we'll right. see all i know is one of us is going to get 2 points for this category
1: yeah i mean we definitely cover a lot of bases it's definitely like a more diverse range
0: yeah yeah that's that's going to be a tough one to narrow down yeah so moving on to best fighting game for Ooh. the best game design primarily around head-to-head combat
1: yeah and there is a couple good ones on here now i am I'm nowhere near as experienced as fighter games as I'm sure a lot of our viewers here are. There are people in this community who, if I boot up casual, you know, you know, competitive, not even competitive, but like a casual 1v1, I'd get smoked in not even 10 seconds, but getting back on track, personal <laughs> pick is I gotta say Sifu. I like the, the really? style of okay. it. Yeah. Um, it just fits like, you know, it's head-to-head combat. I mean, it's not the the mold of you know multiplayer fighting. But when you think about it, Sifu has a solid fighting core to it. And that, if that doesn't match the description, I don't know what does.
0: Now let me well, let me stop you right there because
1: yeah.
0: I wanted to pick Sifu, mm-hmm. but this is the way I interpreted it. Yeah. So let's see if you can change my mind. For the best game designed primarily around head to head combat, I was mm-hmm. thinking of player versus player. Yeah. Which is s- Seafood doesn't have.
1: No, it's sing- it's single player seafood. Yeah, that's the biggest thing on now, the No, I
0: I believe it's probably the best fighting game. Maybe. I wonder if it's nominated for action. I forget. Maybe. But yeah, I do I, I agree with you. So what's your um popular vote? <laughs>
1: popular vote. It's probably got to be multiverses. I think it's just the one that people are resonating with. I mean, I think from what I've seen, the the tag system plays like a very solid part. You know, basically kind of the DC Smash Bros. And a lot of people love that kind of stuff. And it's free to play. It's a fun game, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm hoping that they have more customization down the road. I mean, obviously, it's stuff locked in battle passes, but I'm hoping that as, like, the years come by, they give you more varieties, you know, like, I don't know, like the Dark Knight-type style for Batman would be, like, a really good example. That'd be really fun to pick up, but um, I think that one, just because it's free, good, solid gameplay, and, like you said, more focused on competitive... Head-to-head combat.
0: Yeah, and I'm just going to jump right off of all of that and say that I agree. That's my personal pick. Oh. Multiverses. Player Mm -hmm. first games, they came out the gate with a banger with that one.
1: Yeah, Very popular.
0: You know, somewhat buggy, but it was, like you said, Mm free-to-play. Huge success. Um, Amazing roster and actually amazing uh, post-launch support. Yeah. So... I think that is a strong, you know, strong choice for the winner for this category. But my popular pick I think is going to be JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle Royale.
1: Yeah, um JoJo's, you know, games have been scattered throughout the years. There's like periods where there's a couple back-to-back, but then they have these droughts where you just don't hear from them in a while. And this one kind of crept up and I'm kind of interested to see that on the listing
0: yeah me too i'm the there's a podcast i listen to and they talk about the jojo game sometimes and from what i hear this is a pretty good fighting game so i just think multiverses is, is a little too actually niche and buggy because it's a almost a mascot platform fighter which is actually not respected among fighting games Mm-hmm. In reality, even though you kind of think they would be, but I'm trying to think of Evo in my mind right now. Which of these are going to be at Evo? You know, I'm. Sh- I don't. I don't really know because I'm not into Evo like that. But I would say the popular vote's going to be between the King of Fighters and JoJo's Bizarre. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to fifty fifty shot here, shot in the dark. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think this is another um, kind of like interpretation of it i like how this could go either way
0: i agree and that's gonna be the theme for i guess this next category best rpg all right for the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression including massively multiplayer experiences
1: okay now
0: do i have some thoughts on this one yes i do some big, big thoughts as I write down <laughs> which ones I picked. Yeah. Which uh, which one is... You, let's go with this. Which one's your popular vote?
1: Popular vote... Uh, I know the funny thing about these games, they can be nominated for multiple awards. And I kind of want to shy away from that only because... These not. other <laughs> These these they look cool, but I think popular is gonna be Elden Ring.
0: Okay, yeah, me too. I don't okay. even need to explain it.
1: Nope. Yeah, we're all playing I mean literally, but um I guess one that I like. Um I guess I resonate with Pokemon Legends Arceus. Um I never played it, but you know, I feel like that would be the nice, you know, alternate timeline for Diamond and Pearl. Like, oh well Dawn Yeah, that's and- true. Don and the other character don't know his name, but no. It's like, hey, familiar characters but new setup. And I think I just... I resonate with that better with the other ones. They're all looking like good games. I've heard of Xenoblade Chronicles a lot, but that's going to be my choices.
0: I've heard every single one of these are really good.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
0: I've wanted to jump into Triangle Strategy. Okay. I haven't... I would still like to, but my personal pick is also Pokemon. Okay. So we have the same picks for this one. Yeah. I actually haven't played Pokemon Legends Arceus, mm-hmm. but i have obviously biased towards Pokemon. I don't think it's going to win at all, because looking at the description, best game designed with rich player character customization, that yeah. eliminates Pokemon. And progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. Yeah. Really... All, really Pokemon Legends Arceus doesn't fit that description whatsoever Not
1: necessarily.
0: <laughs> um pretty much Elden Ring fits that perfectly, but I'm hoping to see Triangle Strategy in there cuz I know it's it was actually a, a really you know highly rated game. And then also I don't know a lot about Xenoblade Chronicles 3, but I know that was you know highly anticipated and highly rated. Yeah, well praised. So, yeah. Very well praised. So we'll see.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: Going on to best action adventure game. One Mm. of my favorite genres ever. So for the best action adventure game, combining combat with traversal and uh, puzzle solving.
1: Yes, this is definitely a good topic. I like this one. This?
0: Are you doubling down? Because I'm doubling down.
1: Mm, Not necessarily. I want to say... My personal pick is God of War Ragnarok. I love that game. It's a phenomenal experience. Um, I kind of think that, however, uh, Horizon is going to be popular pick in terms of this action-adventure category. You're a smart or. man,
0: Mr. <laughs> Smith.
1: I have my moments.
0: So I double down on Horizon Forbidden West. Oh, interesting. So let's just kind of... Real quick, dismiss the other ones. Plague Tale Requiem, I think, is too linear for the adventure aspect. Uh, same thing with Tunic. Even though Tunic is a you know adventure game and it actually yeah. does fit this category very well,
1: mm-hmm.
0: again, I think Tunic is going to get looked over.
1: Unfortunately.
0: Unfortunately. Stray, I think, is also going to get looked over for this category this because category. of the action side. It's a great mm-hmm. adventure game. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's going to be there for the action God of War, I actually think, is a little bit too linear for this. Anyways, I think Horizon Forbidden West is pretty much the perfect action and adventure game when you consider the definition. So that's why I'm doubling down. And I think we'll both have more to say on, you know, a few of these nominees right, later come on. Back up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll definitely be coming back up. So moving off of action and adventure, we can go to Best Action Game. Uh. For the best game in the action genre... Focus primarily on
1: combat? Ooh, You know, this is an interesting one. Some of these are repeats from before, and that's perfectly fine. I...
0: Are you going to be consistent? Is my uh, question.
1: I don't know. I mean, primarily on combat. And combat can be different, you know, interpretations. But for me... I want to say this is probably going to be a double down on Bayonetta 3.
0: Wow. Okay. That actually. uh, Okay. You might pull ahead on points here. That's smart. Maybe.
1: Bayonetta 3. Like, my reasoning on this um, Bayonetta series just is heavily inspired by Devil May Cry and combat. I mean, like, the whole concept of the game is like you kill enemies in stylish, you know, maneuvers and then the intermission like when you're moving to a spot somewhere else is very short. So at its core, it I feel like it's primarily combat based and people um there's, you know, some controversy around certain things involving Bayonetta 3, but in terms of its core gameplay, I feel like I resonate with that better. With the theme of the category, and I just feel like it's a popular pick that people are going to, you know, cling on to.
0: That is very – that's that's a very good pick from you. I mm-hmm. think I think it's a very good pick. Uh, you're going to get some points for that, probably. You're probably going to get four in total.
1: I, I think maybe two. I, I can expect two. We'll see how that
0: um... – Oh, you doubled down, so you got to get four. Oh yeah,
1: I did double down. Yeah, all or none. Yeah, so I thought you were four. gonna
0: pick Sifu as a second one, which is, mm. I think, the popular pick for this. I think Sifu.
1: It could be. I mean, it definitely is action. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I told you before about my stance on fighting game. That's why I picked Sifu for that action games. It it's interesting, but I think Bayonetta hits that action, I guess, rush a little That's better true. than Sifu.
0: There is one game on here that I think. It was very surprising and is a better action game, which is TMNT Shredder's Revenge.
1: That's definitely a reasonable one. That's like a fits action because, you know. Exactly, yes. You're beating up hordes of enemies. It doesn't get more action-packed than that.
0: Yeah, and that's pretty much it. With the amount of mayhem going on on the screen with, you know, you can have up to a total of eight people. It's a great co-op experience to where you can just, you know run through the the game. I guess not necessarily, you know, fighting like you do in Sifu with direct hand-to-hand combat or whatever, but, like, Mm -hmm. you can use all the different abilities and combos, which I think lends itself to the action genre, which is why I think Bayonetta 3 is a solid pick. So I think it's actually between... TMNT, Shredder's Revenge, and Bayonetta 3. So that this is going to be a very interesting Yeah, category.
1: I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, definitely.
0: All right, so for the rest of this show up until the end, mm-hmm. let's kind of give our quick picks up until yep. the top three because the yeah. rest here are kind of um not less important categories, but categories that are definitely – they don't need as much explanation. Okay. Like the next one we're going to, best VR game mm-hmm. for the best game experience playable in virtual or augmented reality, irrespective of platform. What's your pick?
1: Uh, this is a double down on Bone Lab. I actually played Bone Lab. Um, you know, compared to the other ones, this feels like the best VR experience in my opinion.
0: Um, I'm gonna have to halfway agree with you. That's gonna be the I think the popular pick. But my personal sure. pick is the Sus pick. So.
1: Uh-oh. Amongst kind of sus. I just have
0: to. That's bias. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. understandable. Um,
0: actually, shout out to Moss Book 2. I can't wait to get PSVR 2 so I can play the Moss series. Yeah. Game looks awesome. Okay. Also Bone Labs solid pick. You're right. Yeah. You're just right.
1: <laughs> we'll see. <laughs>
0: All right. Innovation and accessibility. Great category. I love they have it on here. <laughs> mhm. Recognizing software and or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience. What's your pick?
1: Okay, so I see it. Kind of interesting choices here, but I'm going to say The Quarry, personal pick. Okay, And then Last of Us Part 1 for popular pick.
0: All right. Well, just to piggyback off you, Last of Us Part One, uh, I'm doubling down on because of Naughty Dog specifically. I think just them as a developer, super, you know, forward thinking in accessibility. Also, I played the Quarry. My biggest complaints with the Quarry are the accessibility features.
1: Really? Okay. Yes. Now, this is definitely an interesting one. I never played um, the Quarry in particular, but. I'm very confused.
0: Yeah, I'm just confused as to why they have it. I mean, I guess because the jump from Until Dawn and and whatnot to the quarry, they did add a lot of accessibility features, but not enough compared to The Last of Us Part 1. I mean, it's just – I don't even see how any of these will compete to The Last of Us Part 1. But I I see The Last of Us Part 1 not even winning because it's a – a remake so we'll see yeah
1: and i think accessibility is kind of more of like you know for people with disabilities or just conditions that make playing it harder it just kind of narrows the gap i just feel like the quarry is more of an interactive novel which is why i don't feel like it needs as much um hey tweaking. you might
0: yeah, yeah you might you might pull through on that one we'll see
1: definitely yeah, let's keep things moving
0: Yep, best community support. Recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness, inclusive of social media activity and game updates, patches. Oof,
1: this one.
0: Are we both going to double down?
1: You know what? I think I'm going to double down.
0: What are we one. doubling down on?
1: Yeah, I'm just get on three. One, two, three. No man's cut. Fortnite. Oh. oh,
0: come on, man!
1: And listen, this explain is a explain your wrong reasoning. Okay, this is. Going by community support. Like as of launch, No Man's Sky was horrendous.
0: It won last year. It can't win two years in a row, Andy.
1: You never know. This is one of the things. You have games that have, you know, consecutive winner of this category. I mean, it's possible, but I just feel like No Man's Sky versus Fortnite is an interesting one because Fortnite does have an open community, but I feel like that's just because they're a live service game that focuses on, you know. Being active for its people That's true, I mean Is one of those, like, we're sorry Biggest comeback
0: story in gaming
1: Yeah, it's like, we're sorry if we messed up I don't think we'll ever hit game of the year But we want to show you that We still care about this And and I'm sure people have valid complaints Concerns that you've had people from the team Answer that in No Man's Sky And I think it's like What, 74% Right now Overall, like Metacritic, so it went from a horrible game to a fairly decent game, and it's usually on sale too. It's a pretty good
0: game too. I mean, I've I've been playing it since launch, not consistently, but yeah, you're right. I wish I could have picked that, but yeah, Fortnite is Fortnite. It's it's gonna win.
1: Yeah, Fortnite has definitely got you know a backing to it, but I just feel like community supports more or less like a a dev team. That's true. Sh- showing itself. In, like, Transparency the and
0: responsiveness, yeah.
1: Yeah. All well,
0: right. I-, I saw the um, the new update for Fortnite where they actually add Unreal Engine 5 features and the game looks absolutely incredible now. It looks insane. So I guess just from the... I, I, yeah. I don't know. Continued support. I guess that doesn't mean community not support. I don't know. Yeah, you're I right. I mean, it's
1: an improvement, but it's not necessarily like a, hey, this is what we're working on. If there's like a delay or something going on, it's, I feel we'll like. We'll see. Yeah, we'll be interesting. See. Yep.
0: All right. Best mobile game. You already know what I'm picking.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're probably going to double down. If, I'm if doubling this, down on Marvel Snap. <laughs> yeah, yep. You know, Caleb has talked a lot about Marvel Snap. You it's know, all I play on and off the podcast. On and off
0: the podcast. That's all I talk about.
1: This one, uh, this I just I just
0: got Silver Surfer today. So this,
1: this is interesting. I think it's going to be a split for me.
0: Diablo or Mortal Pick?
1: Mm, Actually uh, personal pick is Genshin.
0: Oh uh, you're a okay.
1: Okay, let's so let's just not get into that. Um but um aside, Weeb alert yes, weeb collecting aside. Um Imagine Pokemon,
0: but if it was Weeb
1: <laughs> Yeah, imagine yeah, spending money on a game when you could just get it for free, but digressing <laughs> um Diablo Immortal be my popular pick because despite finest- its I mean, despite its horrible reception, it's free-to-play at the end of the day. So it plays fairly well. Monetization is horrible. But if you just look at it from a free-to-play perspective, it's graphically, you know, similar to a Diablo game. All right. Yep.
0: On to our favorite category.
1: This is here. Here we go.
0: Best Indie Game. For outstanding creative and technical achievement in a game made outside the traditional publisher system.
1: All right, now this is going to be interesting. I will pick a personal, and then what I expect to win. Personal is Cold of the Lamb. And oh, okay. Let me cold of the Lamb down. is like a. It's a rogue light. It's like a, a pseudo management game. like Everything's very simplified, but it's like, it takes a bit of everything. It has a lot of hype to it, too. I mean, people talked a lot about that, and I played it, personally. I think it's a a solid pick, but it's probably gotta be uh, straight Best Indie. I mean, like you said before, it just took everyone by surprise, and it's an indie company. You know, Blue 12 Studio, so that one definitely... Hits a lot of marks. And for it being indie, I think that is going to win.
0: So, I have a little bit of a shake-up right here.
1: Interesting. Okay. My personal
0: one is Stray because mm-hmm. that's the one I've played. And I think it is going to... I think, personally, it is the best indie game sure. on the list.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: However, if reading the description... A game made outside the traditional publisher system. Mm-hmm. I think Tunic is probably going to be the popular vote here.
1: Yeah, and that definitely makes sense. It just fits. yeah,
0: just because of of it fitting outside of the traditional publisher system.
1: The only reason I didn't pick that in particular is because it holds you know an attachment to. The Legend of Zelda series, and I see an indie game as something that shakes up a lot of the original molds that you'd expect from, you know, a game that you pick up and play. Um, definitely not bashing on Tunic in any way. I think yeah, it's yeah. a really good game, but because it, you know, people look at it and it's like this is a spiritual successor to The Legend of Zelda. It's tied to a very popular game. So while it might be really good in its you know presentation and performance and everything, it still is tethered to some degree by a more mainstream influence.
0: Yeah, so it might not even be viewed as a true indie.
1: Yeah, it's definitely indie, yeah. but it may not be like
0: considered air it, quote yeah. best indie. Yeah, uh love that category. I, I Yeah. That's always my favorite part of the show. So Oh yeah. Uh, Like our previous community support uh, category, next one is Best Ongoing Game. Mm -hmm. Awarded to a game for outstanding development of ongoing content that evolves the player experience over time. I'm just going to go ahead and double down on Fortnite basically because of what I said earlier with the updates and all of that.
1: Yeah, that holds true. Now, this is going to be an interesting one. I'm going to do a split. This is going to be... Personal pick Fortnite. Actually, no. Let me switch it around. Personal pick Destiny 2. Oh, okay. Popular vote Fortnite. Okay. Now, Destiny 2 does have pockets of, you know, I guess, little to no activity in terms of what they're adding. But it does have, you know, PvP into it. So, you know, it's also like consider that Destiny 2 is the closest that Sony PlayStation owners will ever get to a Halo experience. So, in that regard, it almost is, you know, that attachment um, that continuous development. Like, there is a following for it. I feel like there's enough that evolves over time. Maybe it's not, like, every week. Maybe it is. Haven't played in a while, but.
0: It is, yeah, it's definitely impressive. I love hopping back into Destiny 2 every once in a while because, yeah, yeah, it is a great ongoing game.
1: And it's free to play, which is interesting for a game developed this caliber. Now, there are things that, you know, put you at like a big hindrance, but if you really wanted to spend $0 on it and, you know, just shoot, you could do that. Um, Same with Fortnite, but Fortnite fits more of a mold of. Battle Royale and um I guess community maps, whereas Destiny two can give you a little bit more of everything with things being added um as expansions pop out.
0: Very well said. I Thank actually you. completely agree on on Destiny two. Um that was almost my pick, but
1: But it's a good double down of Fortnite. Yeah. I mean, that's a safe bet.
0: So, yeah, it is. Um safe bet for four points to pull ahead. Mm-hmm. All right, games for impact is our next category for a thought-provoking game with a pro-social so- meaning or message. Honestly, I'm not sure what any one of these games are about. However, I'll just double down on As Dust Falls because it's really the only game I've seen a trailer for, and it's an Xbox Game Studios games. And you know, votes love to go to the underdog. So
1: yeah, I'm that gonna. That is Xbox. I admit, um, I actually game had Studios. to look up videos. Like trailers, real quick before we started this, just to get an idea. Um, so, I never actually played any of these, but if I had to pick, I feel like um, personal vote was as at, at Dusk Falls because it gives you that walking dead atmosphere. It yeah. just, the style is really cool, it looks really nice, but my actual vote looks like it goes to a memoir blue. Like, okay. from what I've seen, it's about this woman who like weaves in and out between like 2d animated renditions of I guess like a woman and her daughter and it's like the woman sh- seeing the daughter through the various points of her life I feel like that's gonna be like one of those like heartstring pulling games and a lot of these other games do look like they'll fit that but I think there's just something about people um, I'm sure there's people who can relate to just being like uh, a single having a single parent in their life and just being like them versus the world. I feel like that's gonna hit that stride. Yeah,
0: I I love it. Um, you you know more about these uh, <laughs> these games than I do. So yeah,
1: just by ten minutes of watching trailers, <laughs> exactly. You're a,
0: you're a scholar now. So there we go.
1: I'll take next my category.
0: Degree. Best performance. I love this category, and I love the I love these nominees. So yeah, awarded to an individual for voice over acting motion and or
1: performance capture ooh this is going to be an interesting one I I know my personal yeah now I unfortunately have to admit immortality because I've never actually played it Um, but going with the other four this is I think the question would be are we saying overall or are we just saying as of current like within the next year or two because Uh, at least four of them have had at least a predecessor game and that has had varied opinions for that I guess I guess it depends on how you want to look at it I'm Uh, not sure I I guess it's just going to say for game year so we're just going to assume for the beginning of 22 to the end of twenty two just to play it safe. Um if that's the case, then I'm gonna have to go with a double down actually on Sunny Soljak. Oh wow. I, I feel like Christopher Judge, don't get me wrong, is phenomenal as, you know, the older Kratos, but um what is it? um the the previous Kratos just like I feel like a more attachment towards, but the Atreus, you know, Sonny, I think he hit it out of the park with just, you know, portraying, you know, the frustrations of being with a strict dad, also wanting to, like, break free, but not, like, yeah. leave his dad, you know, behind. But I think he played the duality very well of them, you know, of the two, I just feel like Atreus has more potential to grow, and I feel like that performance is, you know, done Phenomenally.
0: I agree with you. I, I actually wish I could change my my votes to Atreus, uh, yeah. Sonny, Suljic. Yeah. However, my personal pick is Christopher Judge. I think sure. he kills it, obviously. We don't even need to go into his performance. All of us know how amazing Christopher Judge is. As oh, Kratos, no
1: doubt. Great yes. performance.
0: Now, the shot in the dark yeah. is the popular vote, which I am going to say Ashley Birch as Aloy
1: okay yeah that definitely makes sense I you know Ayler's been an interesting one you know I never actually got to finish the second one but I played through all the first one and yeah I, I think that definitely makes sense
0: so here's uh, here's my three reasonings for that mm-hmm. almost doubled down on it yeah the winner last year was a kind of influenced me to pick Ash, uh, Ashley Birch yeah. Um for also motion capture and performance capture, I think oh. uh Aloy and Horizon Forbidden West is probably more uh, physically expressive than any yeah. one of these. And then also the lines of dialogue. I don't obviously I don't know if her li- she has more lines of dialogue than Christopher Judge and or Sonny Soljak or whoever else. Yeah. But with just how massive the open world is and all of the mm. people she talks to and the you know just the, the amount of dialogue, I'm going to go with her as a popular vote.
1: Yeah, and we do have a lot of options, like um, dialogue branching paths. I don't think they make a big impact on the game, but different, you know, remarks and stuff like that definitely plays in, you know, her as a performance.
0: Yes, and I love Horizon Forbidden West, um, the Horizon series. So, mm-hmm. All right, next category, best audio design. Mm-hmm recognizing the best in-game audio and sound design. So, I'm going to throw it to you. Give me your personal vote and then your popular vote.
1: Yeah, now, audio design, I think, kind of is a broad theme. It but, is, yeah. Definitely. Uh,
0: Look at this category. I mean, this is
1: very it's, broad. It's, yeah, uh, it covers a lot of bases, but uh, I might go with personal pick Elden Ring. Um, expected pick Call of Duty.
0: Okay, we have very different picks. So, <laughs> quickly course. explain that.
1: Uh, Elden Ring. Obviously, it just takes a fantasy atmosphere, manifests it into something tangible. I think if you could perform something like that, that deserves merit for you know having that audio design. But for the uh, fantasy
0: Call- aspect, and then the complete opposite end of the spectrum.
1: I mean, yeah, it's the best in-game audio and sound design. So designing the sound for Elden Ring, I mean, I feel like is a very monumental task that they've pulled off very well. But um, getting the popular pick for Call of Duty, um, from what I played, it feels realistic enough. I mean, obviously it's not, but it sounds, you know, immersive. I have the Pulse 3D uh, PS5 headset, so the sound quality on that is superb. And it feels like the game delivers that particular, um, what do you want to call it, you know, um, performance.
0: Solid pick. Uh, and then, then just to explain audio design for a second, I obviously see this as in-game sound effects, not necessarily okay. any kind of music or scoring. Uh-huh. That's actually the next category. But for the sound effects... My personal is Horizon Forbidden West, just because of the sounds of the dinosaurs and the weapons, mm-hmm. and you know, just those that tech within that world. I don't want to give any spoilers, but yeah, very interesting sound design. However, I am 99% sure the popular vote is going to be Gran Turismo 7
1: mm-hmm. from
0: everything I've seen of the sound effects from the cars. From the engine to the way the the different tires sound on different tracks, the the tires will give off different sound if if it's raining and the track's wet. I mean, yeah, the you know,
1: that's responsive and that's how it should be.
0: It is. It goes down to the very very minute details
1: mm-hmm. in
0: this in the audio design sound effects. So yeah, all right, that's that category, and then moving on to score soundtracks. For outstanding music, inclusive of score, original song, and/or licensed soundtrack.
1: All right, now I'm going to touch up on this. I actually played Metal Health Singer, um, definitely one of those niche games. Um, have you ever heard of Bolts per Minute?
0: Yes. Yep.
1: Okay. Yep. Basically, it's inspired heavily by Bolts per Minute with a more rock-inspired, you know, yes approach, but um. I guess if you want to talk about it, it's saying just how it's implementing its music, best score in music. So, um, personal pick would be—I would say God of War. All right. Well, because, just
0: to stop you right there, we have the mm-hmm. same picks. Okay. I picked God of War as my personal, and then Metal Hellsinger as yeah. the popular, uh, just yeah. for the music and, and soundtrack, like you were saying. So, yeah. Why'd you pick God of War?
1: God of War, because it takes, you know, inspiration from the different themes. Like, obviously, it's an the Norse theme, but yeah. there are moments where you have, like, the orchestra and, like, the performance, like, have Greek undertones, like, you know, for Kratos' past. And I really like how things blend in the seamless, like, you know, per, you know assembly of music. It just gives you like an immersive feeling. Um, Metal Singer is because um, uh, the one thing about the game in particular, it's got like a combo system which is like a multiplier. If you do better on it, the music progressively gets better. So I think the inclusion of how it's put in there fits that mark. And it's a music um, oriented game. So obviously the whole purpose of the game is to shoot but yes to music. I and plus can... they do have um PC um custom music as a workaround.
0: Oh wow I didn't even know that. I guarantee <laughs> you that's what's gonna win it.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's weird because you do have to do some like, you know, get some extra programs, but you technically can set it up to your own music if you wanted to.
0: You are right about that. So almost in the top three. Yeah. So top four uh, Fourth category, Best Art Direction for Outstanding Creative and or Technical Achievement in Artistic Design and Animation.
1: Mm, now, you know what? This is interesting. Very I think, interesting. I think this is going to be a double down on me.
0: Go ahead. And what is it?
1: Double down on Scorn.
0: Ooh, okay. Yeah.
1: This is a spicy one. That's and I'm a spicy one. Okay. Okay. So, all of these other games... Have you know an overall gameplay performance that makes them very well? Uh, Scorn. I never actually played it, but I watched a lot of like the cutscenes because it really drew me. Like I was intrigued by it, and I think that's part of
0: visually stunning.
1: Yes, that is one of the biggest things. It
0: it almost take. Yeah,
1: yeah. It takes the concept of flesh and machine, morphs it into this. Unrecognizable blend. It's grotesque body horror in a sense. And like the atmosphere, as bleak as it is, it feels alive. And I think that's like what they are going with the direction of it being the blurred line between living and not living, which is a very yes. phenomenal interpretation.
0: Very artistically, I mean, like. Mind-boggling,
1: right now. Yeah. If you were just saying like best art, um, like I guess presentation, like you know what looks the most artistic, you would probably say Horizon for Ben West because it has a lot more vibrant colors and just hits a lot more um, variation. But Scorn just hits that direction, the way the the game's theme is portrayed.
0: All right, so brings me to mine. If this category, mark this down. Uh-huh. Remember it. If I'm wrong, this okay. will 100% be won by Elden Ring.
1: Okay, that definitely makes sense. I could see that, like, kind of how I said before about the whole audio being, you know, manifested. I think, yeah. I think art direction just taking something that normally wouldn't exist and giving it breath. That's a that's a solid pick.
0: Now that's not my personal. My personal oh. is actually Stray. Oh. And you just okay. have to play it to see what I'm saying.
1: Uh, that's understandable. I it, guess it,
0: you- it is very atmospheric. Yeah. Because of the presentation and the – the te- like what it says here in the description, the technical achievement in artistic design and animation. Yeah. That's just I- my personal – obviously, I – believe Elden Ring will 100% win this category.
1: Yeah, that's solid. The only reason why I didn't pick Stray is because when they say, like, design, you do have the robots, which are definitely unique. I think it's hard to put that as, like, I mean, like, the, the cat definitely is the main focus of the game. And while you have stuff going on in the background, and that does have an influence on the game's direction... I kind of want to see it as like a big bundle package of like everything, being the theme. Like it's more like a cat in a very colorful environment versus you as this in scorn like this humanoid thing. As a are you a part of this world? Are you defecting from it? It's hard to tell, but I guess that's just going off a bit about that.
0: That is right. So that will break us into top three.
1: Ooh, okay. I believe,
0: as I'm scrolling through the categories. Yeah.
1: Through left. Uh,
0: yes. Best narrative. I love narrative games.
1: Okay. That's Another your one of my favorite specialty. categories.
0: Yes. For outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game.
1: Mm-hmm. Woof. I'll let you pick this one. Like what let's hear you um go with this one first. Alright.
0: I think. My personal pick is Gotta War Ragnarok. Okay. Obviously for its it's, it's narrative. Yeah. That's all I could really say about it. Yeah. Uh, storytelling. That's that's it. Yeah. However, Definitely. my popular pick is going to be a Plague Tale Requiem.
1: Yeah, that is interesting to hear.
0: Yes, because it is the. I think it's between Plague Tale Immortality and Ragnarok. My personal pick is going to be Ragnarok because of the storytelling. <laughs> Plague Tale Requiem also came out the gate hot. I think it's only going to be beaten by Ragnarok, but there's a chance that the popular vote could say that Requiem had a better narrative and storytelling element to it. I haven't played it. I I have it downloaded. I really want to play it. I just haven't had the time yet. So that, I'm going to split it between those two.
1: The, I think we're very similar, but um, personal pick is I think where we both align on that. i God of War Ragnarok just hits a lot of strides. I love it. Phenomenal story. You know, like I said before, the development of Atreus. Um, But I think my actual win is going to go towards Horizon for Ben West.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: Now, I've watched a lot of the cinematics for Requiem, and obviously it does have a very strong narrative, and it will draw you in. I just think that Horizon has more of a, I guess, more to offer than Plague Tale because Plague Tale is somewhat linear, and there is like almost a duality in the past and the present. Um, obviously, since this game's been out for a while, I'm just going to spoil the part of the first game. Uh, what you think is, you know, currently the past is actually the future. Yes. And and the past is
0: technically You might impressive. be right, actually, because of the storytelling aspects. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's that's storytelling from two parallel scenarios, especially when you have your, um, I forget what it's called, Echo, I think, the device that she uses.
0: Oh, yeah. What's that called? Um,
1: I mean, I sure could look it up, but that's besides the point. Point is, it lets you observe events from the past. Yeah, I can't think which right is now. also you know, something that relates to things that transpire currently. So I think because it has two layers of storytelling, I think that gets my um what I expect to win.
0: Alright, and then what was your personal?
1: Uh personal was Ragnarok. And I went a bit about that.
0: Okay. I was writing something for our next category, which is best game direction. Yeah. Awarded for Outstanding Creative Vision and Innovation in Game Direction and Design. Very interesting category. Yeah. I think this is unanimous right here.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Um, Game direction? Well, actually, it might not be.
0: I'm doubling down.
1: This one is going to be probably a split. Okay. Okay. Okay, um, so obviously creative vision, innovation, game direction, and design. I want to say personal is going to be Stray. Okay. And then what I expect to win is going to be Elden Ring.
0: Okay. What I expect and what my personal is is Elden Ring for sure because specifically with game direction – there is no other game on this list that has innovated the direction and design of their game more so than Elden Ring, with the open world and everything about Elden. I just I can't see Elden Ring not take sweeping this. I'll go I, all in.
1: I'm a bit biased, and the only thing why I say that is because I think we'll talk about this coming up in the game of the year, the finale. So I'll save my following point for that.
0: Yeah, so a lot of what we've been saying has been leading us to our reasonings for game of the year. So without further ado...
1: Of course, the moment we've all been waiting for.
0: The final category. Game of the year 2022. Yes. Recognizing a game that delivers the absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields.
1: All right. Now I will say this is got to be, I talked about this before. Um, personal is going to be God of War Ragnarok. I feel like when it comes to the story, the combat, the experiences that you have, and just everything put into it, I've resonated with the God of War series far more than I have with all the other candidates. However, I think Game of the Year is going to go to Elden Ring because, and this is kind of going back to the category before about direction, um, from software, um, the Dark Souls community is huge and people know about it even if they've never played it to some degree and even though um, the Dark Souls community has pretty much been linear the open world aspect and taking that in a layer that's never been done for that community is astronomical and I think I said this before but the the change of the experience itself really helps divine Game of the Year. Because Game of the Year is something that stands out compared to the rest. So Ragnarok, while I think it's probably my favorite game, it holds a formula very similar to the previous game. So it doesn't have as much of a shift as you you would expect. And the previous game was 2018, but between that, uh, those two games, the shift Adds more, but it feels kind of linear. Elden Ring takes it on a more proportionate level, and that's why I think those are my choices.
0: I have the same votes as you. My personal is God of War Ragnarok,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then game of the year 2022 will be Elden Ring. There is I no believe- other game this year that has accomplished what Elden Ring has accomplished, you know, let alone mm-hmm. my feelings for it. Elden Ring. Yeah. You know, not my favorite game this year. I actually like Stray more than Elden Ring. I like God of War more than Elden Ring. I have more yeah. hours put into Elden Ring than any no. other game on this list. But I just, I'm not a fan. But there's no other game this year that did what Elden Ring accomplished.
1: Yeah, I think you messed up a bit there. You said you put more hours into Elden Ring. No, I did. You did? You actually I did.
0: It. I put more hours into Elden Ring than any other game on this list. And I just don't like it. I tried. Uh, Yeah, I tried to get into it. But that's the thing. A lot of people this year jumped into Elden Ring that would have never jumped into any Souls games because of what Elden Ring was able to do. Not necessarily to do, but what we were able to do within Elden Ring. Yeah. The almost sandbox experience for a Souls like game. With the design innovations, with the co-op innovations, specifically with the you know open world environments, you know, was something that was that shock factor that you were just talking about. The shock factor with Elden Ring, you know, it came out in February, but it's going to leave a lasting, you know, impression that is a is a bigger impression than something like God of War left that just came out because of the jump Elden Ring had from the previous Souls game compared to the jump God of War had from the previous God of War game. Yeah. that And then that goes back to the quality. I think God of War is a higher quality game. I think Stray is a higher quality game. Yeah. I haven't played Xenoblade or Plague Tale, but I'm sure they're higher quality games. But Elden Ring captured the zeitgeist. So it's, it's going to be game of the year.
1: All right. Now, I think we have a special bonus coming up.
0: So the bonus, basically the bonuses for the game here are the wild card picks. Yeah. I want you to go first. So real quickly, I'll explain. We got three wild card picks. A high value one where we wager five points, a medium value wild card where we wager three points, and a low value wild card where we wager only one point. So go ahead, whatever order you want.
1: Okay, now as a disclaimer for the audience listening, and this is stuff that we just kind of came up with, you know, fairly on the spot. But I'll go ahead from lowest to highest, and hopefully this works with the criteria. Um, my low high card—I'm sorry, yeah, my low risk card—is going to be some sort of guest cameo, and this could be someone um, you know who's popular in the, I guess, the gaming critic community, maybe a, an actor, actress, someone who had, maybe like Toby Fox, for example, just someone who pops up and is like, oh, I know that they're very popular in the gaming community.
0: So, uh, hold on, popular within the gaming community?
1: I would so- say so because if it being, you know, video game awards or just the game awards, a level of relevancy to, I mean, it could be Maybe just a camo overall, I guess, how everyone to put that down.
0: Okay, because they have a lot of people announced already, but you're talking about just kind of a surprise.
1: Sure. Someone is like not listed on a who shock, is going to- A shock, like, yeah. oh,
0: look, bang, showed up. Okay.
1: Yeah. like so Maybe you know how sometimes they do like fake scripted you know, I know what scenes you're where it's like, oh, okay. hey, this person wasn't supposed to be here, but in reality, they were a part of- whatever.
0: Yeah, we have a surprise. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Hideo showing up at the Xbox event. Yeah. yeah something okay. that's
1: like, wait a minute, that's not supposed to happen for the viewers, but in the, you know, I guess in the Game Awards, it's like, pretty, we'll pretty, wait for it yeah. towards the end or something. Safe bet. Yeah. Safe bet. Okay. Okay. Mid-cart, mid-risk, um, some sort of new IP reveal, something where they're going to have, I guess, a company talk about something like a new game, a new universe, so to speak, something Hey, we're working on this because, you know, in honor of this game being nominated, we're going to take that energy and put it into, I guess, this new theme.
0: Okay, so new IP reveal. Hmm. Okay.
1: And then this is a high-risk one. This is probably not going to happen, but I'll try it anyway. Some sort of cosplay event.
0: Okay, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, something where it's like, okay, we have people registered for this, and we're going to do like a quick judging of like the best cosplay uh, overall. Almost like not Comic-Con level, but something relevant to the games, you know, maybe like, I don't know, uh, maybe someone doing like an Atreus costume or something like that. Just off the top of my head.
0: Okay, yeah, I can definitely see them showing some cards of like, okay, here's a, here's, you know, an amazing Kratos and Atreus cosplay. Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm writing that down. All right, so mine low value, wild card pick would be Suicide Squad kill the Justice League release date trailer.
1: Oh, that's actually a really good one. Something.
0: Yeah. So they've shown a story trailer, a gameplay trailer, reveal trailer. They don't have a release date trailer. It's supposed to come out next year, and mm-hmm. I think I think that's safe because Rocksteady is probably ready to show this thing. Um, it's yeah. It's a third party. I don't think it would be smart to suggest any first party things going on with the, you know, ABK dilemma going on right now. But right, that's my that's my guess for my low value wild pick.
1: Yeah, that's reasonable.
0: All right, my mid value wild card pick where I'm wagering three points. Mm-hmm. Jedi Survivor gameplay reveal.
1: Oh, okay. All right, uh, so you're yeah. taking a more specific approach with I'm, I'm, your. Wild I'm cards.
0: being specific because the I just.
1: That's confidence. I, this
0: is what I'm doing. A confidence, you know. Yeah. If I lose my points, I lose my points. Sure. Whatever. But they they had a teaser trailer about a month yeah. ago. I remember that. The game looks like it's moving pretty, you know, good. Yeah. I think this is probably the best place to reveal the gameplay.
1: Yeah, so, definitely an interesting. I'll wager three points with that. All right. Now for the high risk,
0: high value. I'll wager five points on this one. This okay. this might cost me the game. Okay. Hideo Kojima reveals his (laughs) next video game.
1: Wow! So that actually would get me... Wait, that two out there on low and medium. Yes. So that's an interesting gamble. So for your five points, I would gain four if that were to, you know, happen. Yes. That's an interesting one for sure.
0: Okay, so I think... I'm not. I don't, I'm not being specific on whether it's Death Stranding two or if mm-hmm. it's Overdose. Yeah, Metal Gear. No. So actually, I was gonna put as my low value. I think Konami's gonna show up with some kind of Metal Gear collection thing. But that's. I'm never gonna put my my all my. I'm not gonna yeah. ever wager points on that.
1: I would never do something never. as narrow as that. Yeah.
0: But Hideo Kojima's next game, whether it's. You know, this is where it gets a little broad, even though that is specific. It's it's either going to be Death Stranding 2 or Overdose, one of the two. But either way, Kojima is confirmed to be there, I believe, like just hosting something. It's not saying that he's going to reveal anything, but I believe he's going to reveal his next game there. Because he's also friends with Keeley, and he's third party, so, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But exactly, I'll wager five points on it.
1: Sure. Yeah, this is very interesting. I think we've covered a lot of the the game awards, and I like our different interpretations for what made each category work.
0: Yeah, so what I'll do is I'll go ahead and and make sure I get the finite list down, and then I'll be watching as the awards go by, ranking it for us, and then also uh, hoping (laughs) my wildcard picks show up so I can get some points, but...
1: Yeah, I mean that could be the like you said, what makes it or breaks it. You might have like a losing streak, or maybe not losing streak, but just be far behind, but have that one clutch wild card make the big difference. Five points. Way.
0: Yeah, that's yeah,
1: huge. M- maybe I'll just lose like three points because, like, oh, whoops. Yeah, uh, and that, yeah.
0: Because imagine if you lose your your fifth one and I get my fifth one, that's ten yeah, points so, for me. so that's how
1: you know unpredictable this could end up being.
0: All right, I like it. So, you know, I think that's. Comprehensive enough. Um, so, with that, uh, what's your final thoughts on the game wars?
1: Yeah, I mean, everything except for content creator has my support. And, exactly, I yeah, agree. And I, I will say, um, I, I do feel a little bit bad for missing out esports. I mean, I'm not aggressive in those categories, but um, it's just it. You know, for a certain audience that we, I guess, are working around.
0: I agree. Esports is lame.
1: What? That's my final thoughts. <laughs>
0: final thoughts. Esports.
1: Biased much? <laughs>
0: Esports lame.
1: Uh, okay. no, I'm, I'm excited.
0: <laughs> I love the Game Awards. I think Jeff Kelly's doing an awesome job. Yeah. You know, I love what he's, you know, I love what he's doing because it brings, uh, you know, awareness and Awards and credit to the people that are working hard on these games. That you know, this is pretty much the only time of year where it gets into the mainstream because things like the dice awards, not a lot of people pay attention to that. A lot of people don't pay attention to you know, uh, GDC or TGS or anything like that. So, this is the mainstream thing, you know, all, all thanks to Jeff Keighley, this and Summer Games Fest. So, I'm excited for it. Can't wait to see how bad I beat you in this. Okay, and that's okay. that's you know about it. Till next time, we're gonna probably come back with a an episode where an episode shortly after where we can discuss you know everything that that's happened. So
1: yeah, and then tally everything up. Yeah,
0: tally it up. Cool. So yeah, this is the Senate Podcast, and like I said from the top, check us out on all of the streaming platforms, and make sure you listen. Make sure you you know follow and subscribe on what you can because we're trying to get our you know our listeners up. So. Thanks for the support and the listen. Share it. Also, we have a Discord, the Senate Discord. I'll have links in the description for the social medias, our link tree that has the Discord and YouTube and all of that. So, all right, Andy, it's been nice having you on. It's been yeah, nice. Yeah, glad to be a part of the show. Yeah, it's been nice, um, you know, beating you. I already know I'm going to beat you. So,
1: listen, you're getting ahead of yourself here. Just because you have some good picks doesn't guarantee anything.
0: It guarantees my, my your surrender.
1: It guarantees your downfall. <laughs>